Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. I'm delighted to say we are joined by uh, Jean Smullen and uh, Fanula Jones and Esther McCarthy. Good afternoon to you all. Hello. Hi, Sean. Okay, you're all there. That's good to know. Excitingly, uh, uh, Jean and uh, 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 two two of the three are with us today, uh, uh, which is amazing. Jean is with us and so was Fanula. And uh, it's very strange because this is my first time ever actually physically seeing Fanula because... It had all been virtual. I've finally been released from my window. Yeah, I'm weird. so excited. It's been like we've been internet dating uh, <laughs> and, and she's suddenly found out I'm a 73 year old man. Uh, it's that kind of weird thing, you know. I'll swipe right. I'll yeah. swipe right. It's fine. Uh, okay, that's, that's good. Uh, <laughs> Esther, how are you doing? Grand, does that mean I have to take over from the traffic reports via the window from Fanula now? You do, yeah. You have to. <laughs> yeah, what's happening in Drumcondra? Is it lively out there now? Uh, right. So uh, the, the, the two films that you're uh, uh, telling us about, at least one of them, uh, the Robin Wright movie I'm kind of interested in. This is her directorial debut. Yeah, two of my favourite actors working their magic in two films um, today, including Robin Wright, who... I think when she saw House of Cards was coming to an end, started to say, I have wanted to direct a film for years and years. Let's start looking for projects. And uh, this one called Land uh, landed on her desk. And I'm glad it did. It's really lovely. Very melancholy. I have to warn people. Uh, but a lot of hope in, in among the sadness as well. And she is super in it, but also really she has the smarts to cast this uh lovely mexican actor he'd he's kind of the brendan gleason of mexico he'd be a bit of a superstar uh by the name of Damien bashir um and he is a lovely co-star for her in it as well there's it's kind of mostly a two-hander this one and um yeah it's really sweet but quite sad as i say okay and uh dream horse is this the follow-up to my lovely horse no, but it's a lovely, it's, I suppose it's the opposite. This one is so broad and so feel good. Um, it's uh, Tony Kalesh, again, one of my favourites. Loved her since Muriel's wedding. Um, and uh, she's very, very good in this again. It's a story set in a little Welsh um, village where th- she's playing this middle-aged woman who's kind of, the, the kids have flown the nest and she's a bit bored with her life and she takes the notion that she's going to breed and train a racehorse um, and have a go and see can she do that successfully but she doesn't and they all lose their money to syndicate no that's not the case Sean because right. otherwise we wouldn't have a film yes <laughs> but um so it's lovely one, one this you know you kind of know where it's going but what I really enjoyed about it is um they're kind of working class Welsh people and uh, there is a lot of, without being too snobby or too, you know, discriminatory, there's a lot of fun banter at um, this very large and slightly wild syndicate going to um, posh uh, race courses like Aintree and stuff like that. And a, a lot of this is true in its detail as well. It's very sweet. Right. OK. So wasn't it wasn't Tony Collette in a TV series where... The kids were flown the nest and herself and the husband were a bit bored, so they decided to have an open marriage. So this is like the horse version of that. <laughs> yeah. 
I think somebody called it the horse version of Chariots of Fire. So yeah. you could probably call it the horse version of a lot of things. Slow motion horses. Fantastic. That's even better. Excellent. Uh, and so uh, what are we going to be drinking today? Pink rosé. Pink rosé. Se- season yeah. I mean, summer is here. So, I mean, rosé is now all year round. People are drinking rosé 365 days a year. And funny enough, about five years ago, rosé was about 3% of the Irish market. Now it's about 6%. And it's really going, you know, through the roof. Everybody has just fallen in love with rosé. And even if you look at social media today, everybody's posting pictures of rosé, uh, different rosés that they're selling or they're drinking or they're buying. So it's, you know, it's it's a, it's a bank holiday weekend and the sun is shining. So yeah. sit in your back garden and have today. a nice glass. No, apparently it's supposed to be good for the weekend. Right. But this would be useless for necking out of South William, uh, if you're in South William Street. Yeah, it doesn't up, really go. up no, against no, 400 no, other people who are be like no, Faluna's age. No, no, no. And actually, funny enough, um, Whispering Angel which is the rosé that kind of started all the other day um, cor- I opened the door and there's a, a courier standing there with this huge big pink box and inside it is a little picnic table and a blanket uh, no. and a you get the nicest things of delivered. Whispering Angel and um, from um uh, a little picnic uh, sample and plastic glasses and knives and forks. I mean, talk about it. I was like a kid taking it out. I was like, oh, 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 what's this? What's this? And then, of course, it took me about 10 minutes to figure out how to put the table together. But eventually, <laughs> I I come from a family where, you know, my brother's an engineer. You're all sailors. You can, you can, I, you can no, put sticks I together. I didn't get the engineering gene. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. No, I so didn't. I really didn't. You Is know? it a picnic table for one? No, no, it's two. It's actually for, supposed to be for four. Because oh, right, there's okay. four little holders for where you put your glasses. Oh, but cool. they only sent me two plastic glasses, but I'm sure I could buy another two. Okay. But, um, yeah, I was, so so it's it's like, it is all about rosé. And if you're going out picnicking, it's, you know, you have to be seen, but not in South William Street. No, Okay, all right. Yeah, you'd be no, taking up no. too much room in South William Street. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. The guards would drag that away. So anyway, Whispering Rose, uh, Whispering yes. Angel is a, is a French rosé from Provence, from the south of France. But I'm actually looking at two kind of lookalikes because everything is about salmon pink and pale now. And I've got a fabulous German one from the Falce region and I've got a super um, uh, wine from the south of France and actually it's called Alania and the girl who uh, Nessa Corish who's Irish who's married to Lauren Miguel the last time I was in France was um, uh, Nessa was about six months pregnant with Alania and I have I posted a picture ah, on Twitter yeah. uh, today of Nessa in the garden and there she is and, and actually Leslie's in that photograph yeah. as well <laughs> and uh, so here we have Alania Rosé which is named after her daughter Ah that's lovely it's a very graceful bottle as oh, well it's, it's longer than normal yeah, yeah yeah very elegant very very I mean can you see it so, Fanula yes. yeah, yeah I mean you know that's now that's for your posh with your picnic table that is you very know, posh and yeah. all the rest that, that, you know? that, that's very nice right so Fanula tell us like is this a Celine Dion biopic or, or what is it is it like a bit like that crap David Bowie film that came out it's exactly that like David that Bowie. Yeah. yeah so there's a Celine Dion biopic that's not really a Celine Dion biopic because they're not allowed to use her name um, it's showing a cans it's not up for any prizes or anything it's just showing there the trailer actually came out last year but it's called Aline uh, Dew I think because they can't use her <laughs> name they can, they can, but surely there's nothing illegal with using her name but this is the thing they use all the music as well but like it's not authorised by her and she's not involved with it or anything it's the strangest thing ever if anyone needs a laugh today please go watch the trailer because it's just like it looks like something you'd see on 30 Rock or something you know when they did the Janis Joplin <laughs> but they couldn't get it so it was like take another little piece of my lung it's like that but with Celine Dion it's just so 
demented so demented Valerie Lemercier she's playing uh, Aline Jew Celine Dion um, very strange very very strange copies a lot of like what actually happened to her in her real life she falls in love with an older man um, very strange like openly says it's based on her life but she's had no part in it and they don't mention her name in the actual movie at all really strange that, well maybe that's because they're uh, they're worried it mightn't be entirely 100% accurate and therefore they don't want to get sued. Potentially, potentially, because I'd say she has deep pockets. Uh, and your woman who plays uh, uh, fake Deline, uh, does, does she <laughs> look like her? Or, uh, fake Celine? She could kind of does. I wouldn't say they're a million miles away from each other, but... You know the way she's like, so you really, strange. if you found Celine Dion, the first thing you do is shove a sandwich in her mouth. <laughs> Yes, then Jesus, yeah, they're a gimp of that similar, offer. Yeah, yeah okay. a bang of that offer indeed. Right, okay, fair enough. That's okay. Well, that's one to miss then. Uh, and but why is it showing in Cannes then? Are they hoping to to garner some respectability uh, around this thing? Potentially, yeah, I think so. Like obviously, when you have a name like Cannes attached to it, there's like this other uh, level of like esteem, I suppose. But it's just. It's so strange. It's so, it's beyond parody. Like, please go watch the trailer because it's just demented. Okay, that's fantastic. I do want to ask you about one other thing as well. Like, this was actually reported during the week because I've you seen all of Mare of Easttown oh, at this it's point. so good. Yeah. So awesome. good. Have you seen it, Jean? No, I haven't. Oh, you got to oh, see what, this. Oh, Jean, fantastic. it's very good. But which channel is it? Is it if it's on one of the, uh, the you see. It's Sky Atlantic Sky and you can Atlantic. get it on now as well. Nah, it's, I have neither of those. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just like, yeah. bye. That's me out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. She has a feckin' picnic table, but she doesn't have... <laughs> Scotland. That's all you need. That's all you need. Uh, but there's, that was it's very interesting about the sex scenes that she kind of went out of her way to not go. I don't want to look in it. Well, not in an unfavorable light, but she didn't want to make it unrealistic. Yeah. So for anyone who's watched or like who hasn't watched, there's a sex scene between Kate Winslet and Guy Pierce, and uh, like as you do, like you see bits of skin, you see like body parts, etc. And well, it's the not director, that many body parts. no, it's not like yeah. excessive or anything. But uh, the director Craig Zobel, when they shot it, it's Kate has come out and said that he basically offered to shoot it in a more flattering light because you can kind of see her stomach like protrude in the scene and Kate was like absolutely not don't you dare I think is the exact quote she gave um, but it comes off the back of she also said that like even the promotional posters for the series like she's in her mid 40s and Mayor the character is also supposed to be in her mid 40s and she'd keep going back and being like lads why do you keep photo- photoshopping out my wrinkles like she said it was altered beyond all belief and she'd push back like two or three times and say I look like this Mayor is supposed to look like this like stop photoshopping mm. it it's just crazy she was because uh, apparently she was on in between takes she was on an exercise bicycle she deliberately wanted to make her thighs bigger yeah she kind of really went for it um, and the thing is like you totally fancy her she's incredible like even from Mayor's personality yeah. alone I'm, I just fancy her yeah, so much yeah absolutely but, but yeah. It, it's like even the Friends reunion I watched it like the only ones who looked normal were Joey and Phoebe the rest of them looked oh, odd and ridiculous oh it was a Botox ridiculous. convention wasn't it yeah <laughs> And, and like Joey's meme went wild because he looked like everybody's uncle. But you know what? You ah, that was really sweet. But you kind of fancied him. Well, I certainly did. Much oh, more oh, than there were yeah. any of the others. Fully, you know? fully. Well, people always fancied him. Yeah. Anyway, I all was, the way through, yeah. we had a kind of smoldering thing yeah, uh, going yeah. on. Right, let's have a drink. All right, let's have a drink. Okay, we're going to start with the German wine. This is the 2019 Pinot Noir Rosé Kalkstein. That basically means the soil it's grown on, which is kind of chalk soil. That's translated from the German. This is 11.50 and it's in selected uh, Dunn stores. It's in most of the bigger uh, branches. Uh, It's brand new to the market. It only arrived this month and it's part of the Kenderman range, but it's part of their sort of premium range. 
I they did an online tasting. By the way, I'm sick of online tasting. Say no to anybody yeah, out yeah. there. You know, as Everyone the minute is. we can go out, <laughs> yeah. like please, you know, no more. Anyway, Alison Fleming, who's a master of wine, and Karen O'Donoghue, who's the buyer in Duns. Um, we did this uh, tasting with the wines, and there was three. There was the rosé, there was um, the Sauvignon Blanc, and there was a Riesling, and all three were absolutely fabulous. Now at eleven fifty, this punch is way above its weight. Um, this is called their Soil Ambassadors Range. So basically it reflects the soils that the grapes are grown on. This is from a region called the Falz. And I know the Falz very well because for, for the last 10 years, every twice a year, I've been going to a place called Deidesheim and Neustadt an der Weinstraße to judge wine competitions. And the Falz is south of the of Rheinhessen. And it's basically, it's on the border with um, the Altas region. You've got the Vosges Mountains, which kind of move, they're called the Hartz Mountains in Germany. And basically what they do is act as a weather block. You know, you have the Atlantic weather fronts coming across Europe and all the rain gets dumped on the lee side of the mountains so that the on the other side, on the German side, where the Falz vineyards are, um, it, it's, it's quite dry. And they also have all this lovely chalk soil. So this is a kind of a very good region for growing grapes. Now, the grape in question is Pinot Noir. And Pinot Noir makes absolutely super um, uh, rosé wines. So... This wine is vinified using the classic method. In other words, skin contact. They don't blend a red red wine in with the white to make give it the colour. They actually vinify the grapes on the skin just for enough time to just pick up a tiny hint of colour. And then they pretty well vinify it as you would a white wine. Um, oh, I mean, this is this is lovely. You know, on the nose, you're getting that lovely summer fruit, certainly red fruit flavours. And, and it, it, it's quite elegant. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up using the word minerality because it really, in, in wine terms, you sound like a complete ponce if you say it because everybody just yeah. falls back, oh, minerality, and people will think you have credibility. Um, we, we banned Dean McGuinness from saying mouthfeel because it just sounds disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so basically, there's lots of gorgeous fruit. There's very elegant nose on this. And then when you try it, mm-hmm. Oh, there's a big burst of fruit. It's lovely. Yes, it is it's very fruity. Dry, yeah. But it's got as a kind of just a lovely mouthful of kind of summery fruit, strawberry flavour. Definitely tons of strawberry flavour. Seriously, for eleven fifty, this is going to go great. Get your picnic basket out. Get a bottle of this. Get your little picnic table. Figure out how to put it together. And um, don't go to South Williams. Uh, and it's not, uh, uh, it doesn't uh, seem very strong. What would be the ABV? On oh, that? the ABV on this is, you know, I don't think it's. Uh, ah, who cares? It's 12. <laughs> Actually, it's 12. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's that stronger than I would have thought. Oh, okay. Yeah, Even yeah, better then. Soft. Right. So there you go. So uh, that's your uh, Pinot Noir Rosé Kalkstein 11.50 done stores. Uh, and Esther, uh, Brenda's texted in to say uh, that she watched Halston on Netflix. Absolutely loved it. I kept thinking of Esther saying, that she couldn't shake off that it was Ewan McGregor can't agree got lost in the character that said my head was melted uh, a bit about his accent trying to figure out who he sounded exactly like twigged it his voice is creepily like Kevin Spacey's in House of Cards um, I haven't seen it so oh, I don't right, know okay. I don't know, I don't well, know. Brendan Kerry was obviously drunk and mixed you up with somebody else <laughs> Uh, maybe she's been Brenda, out. The pin- what yeah, she's been out the pin on wire already. Uh, what movie would you like to uh, talk about first? My tongue is hanging out here for the pin over yeah. But anyway, um, let's. If you're interested in the Robin White pen and her directorial debut, let's talk land first. Let's we? talk land after this. You ever get lonely out here? Sometimes. 
I know I'd be more lonely there than here. That may sound... It doesn't make any sense, but... It does. It does to me. If you don't want to talk about the past, have you thought about what you want your life to be now? Moving forward? I just... I want to notice more. Notice everything around me more. Know more about here, be able to survive here, appreciate it. Like a goal. There you go. And then they take all the clothes off and go on a car chase. Uh, right. So uh, that's yes, uh, probably that, that clip is quite representative uh, of the movie. Is it, Esther? Yeah. And I sobbed through it and I'm, I'm, I'm after starting again listening to that clip. Oh, gosh. Because <laughs> it's so moving and of its time, this film, because it's about, really about the power of um, human connection, you know, and it's about this woman who is... I mean, there's a heartbreaking sentence. She says a line of dialogue early in the film. Um, I had a family once, you know, so what a what a for uh, that's going to win any competition for tell a story in four words, isn't mm. it? Um, and she did have a family and, and for reasons I suppose that are alluded to more than spelt out in the film, which is one of the many things I liked about it. Um, she is in a wretched place of grief. Um, it feels like time has passed, but she has gone into um I mean, her, her, her sister's concerned that she is considering taking her own life. That's how much trouble this woman Edie is in. Um, so she takes a decision because she hasn't withdrawn from life enough. So she takes a decision uh, that she's going to go and live in this remote, beautiful, beautiful mountain house up in Wyoming um, on the border of the Rocky Mountains. This looks gorgeous. And she is going to just live off the land by herself and it dawns in the bit into the film that she's trying to move away from her grief and, and that she's going to realise you can't do that. Um, so it's very, um, very deep and emotional in this this film and very hopeful as well, I would say, if I'm putting people off it. Um, so she's not doing a very good job. Like she's never hunted in her life. Uh, so it's not going too well for her. She's uh, feeling the first effects of a, a harsh Wyoming winter mm. and she is not able to take care of herself properly. Um so what she does and you know what, you get a sense that she doesn't even care whether she does take care of herself properly or not. You know, that's where she is. She's she's kind of gone past it, really. And one day this um, hunter by the name of Miguel, he's going up the mountain and he notices that the house has a chimney lighting. But when he comes down a couple of days later, he noticed there's no there is no smoke coming out of the chimney. And that is a sign to a man like him um, that something might be amiss uh, because the weather is absolutely freezing. So he decides to um, access the house and there she is on the floor, um, unconscious and suffering from you know the effects of the cold. So he kind of uh, calls emergency services and they help her recover. But then I suppose she needs someone to stay with her because there, it's a long path to recovery for her. He decides to, he agrees to do that. Um, this beautiful, beautiful actor by the name of Damien Bashir, um, Mexico's Brendan Gleeson, as I said, such a charismatic man. Um, um, I'm delighted to see him doing a lot of English language stuff lately. He he did a film actually a few years ago called The Runway, an Irish film. 
Uh, oh. The best thing about it again. Do you remember a mad case in the 1980s where oh, um, this a is pilot where they built a runway? To, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a pilot from South America crash landed mm. in Cork, and in, was it Kentuck or somewhere? I'll be if I have the wrong town, I'll be killed. But um, yeah, and they built a yeah. So uh, Ian Power made a lovely feature about ten years ago, and they got Damien Bashir to. That's kind of why he's been on my radar for a while, ah. I suppose. Um, but he's he's really good here, and he's there's a gentleness to him, and he's the right character to help her reintroduce people back into her life. I think you know, it's um. As I said, it's a very sombre film, but there's a lot of hope in there as well. It's beautifully written um, and I really, really liked it. Robin Wright has always been one of my favourite actors anyway. Like she has, I think she has a stillness about her that she uses really well. And she almost doubles down on it here because you almost mm. get the feeling she's going in her head. Don't want, don't be one of those uh, actor turned directors who cast yourself in the lead role and then tries to Oscar bait through the whole film. Yes. So it's a very, a very, very quiet performance from her. And she lets the writing and the characterization, I think, speak for itself. It's beautiful looking as well. She's clearly surrounded herself with good people, which is the trick of being successful. Um, and and the, the you know the cinematography the screenplays it's all really lovely. Mm. Um, you'll see some bad reviews for this one. Uh, a lot of people found it too slow. <laughs> That's um, just what I was going to say. Uh, but, Does this make yeah, no mad land look like an action movie kind of thing? There you go. You have Fast and Furious Nine in a few <clears throat> weeks, lads. You can <laughs> but they, they are the well, next week when I'm reading. Uh, I want to tell Esther how wrong she was. Kind of text. That's what they're going to be saying. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, I'm power, I'm going to paraphrase an interview I think Killian Murphy did with The Guardian um, during the week where he said, you know, I don't want to come out entertained from the, the movie, the movies. I want to come out like in, in a fit of tears and in total <laughs> flux. And I, I am good with that experience, too. You know, I have to say. All right. Um, OK. You'll ball. Yeah. Uh, it, it's probably not a bad uh, a selling thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I would have thought. Uh, right. Good. I'm glad because maybe she hasn't got enough opportunity to act. Uh, in, in I suppose because uh, I suppose the House of Cards thing, she 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 maybe you know was in danger of being typecast or probably suffered with people trying to typecast her. And I mean, those were long series as well, yeah. Sean, weren't they? Like you're you're not going to have much time uh, in your diary to turn turn around and direct an indie. You know, when you're on a juggernaut like House of Cards, I think. So she's probably wa- been wanting to do this for some time, I would say. OK, good for her. Good for her. Uh, a lot of people, Jean, want uh, uh, you to repeat the name of the uh, the Pinot we've had so far. It's the uh, Pinot Noir Rosé Kalkstein. Kenderman is the name of the producer, but that's not actually on the bottle. Uh, it's on the it's actually you'll see it on the screw cap uh, um, neck there. And oh, actually, I you know it is on the bottle. It's a uh, Vinehouse Kenderman is on the bottle. It's 2000. 2019 Kalkstein, which means the chalk soil, and it's 11.50 in Duns, which is very, very good. Uh, and somebody's also texting it to say he were, is obviously already familiar with it, uh, to say the Pinot Noir Rosé is also vegan. Uh, which is very important. Somehow I doubt it's that important to Jean, but uh, it might be important <laughs> well, if you are. Yeah, uh, that's true, <laughs> but actually, yes, it is. It if is, you are a vegan, yes. uh, that's probably a good thing. Uh, right, so uh, we have been talking before about uh, Army Hammer and uh, he's been replaced in one particular production. Yes, there are a couple of reports coming out that Miles Teller is replacing him in this TV series that's essentially like a making of of The Godfather. Um, so he stepped in to play the producer role that um, Army was supposed to be 
be playing. Obviously, he's faced a load of allegations this year of sexual misconduct. He stepped back from a load of other things. I think we'd previously mentioned that shotgun wedding movie with Jennifer Lopez. That's probably not going to be great anyway. But yeah. Well, how um, do you know? I mean, I, I have a feeling. I've good intuition, Isn't Sean. Isn't she you know? bad with, uh, back with Ben Affleck now? So, oh, you know. don't, Sean, don't get me started on that because I will Why? derail the show. Why? Is that it, a bad thing? Oh, it's making my life like... Oh, it's a good thing. Benefer. Yeah, Benefer. Yeah, well, it's true. It's one thing you can say, but it's <laughs> it's it's almost like too good to be true. If you know what oh, I mean, it's, it's like their lives are back on track. He's given up the drink. Blah it's blah blah. It's very smart PR, and we're all lapping it up. Maybe not all of us, but certainly me and people who are obsessed with celebrity yeah, couples. because they're not with... falling out of pubs together. They're coming out of gyms yeah. together. You know, so like there's a message there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Anyway, we got distracted <laughs> there. Yes. So uh, Miles Teller, and this is a film about the making of the Godfather. Yeah, so he's playing Al Ruddy. He was a producer uh, on The Godfather. Uh, it's a 10 episode series for Paramount Plus, which is the a streaming service over in the US. No idea whether we'll get it over here. I'd imagine we will. Um, and it basically follows his experiences making the film alongside director Francis Ford Coppola, I'm sure, like would be of intrigue for Godfather fans. And Miles Teller is very good. Like he's a very mm. good actor, so I wouldn't it's be... It's an odd thing to make a series about though. Yeah, like I'm wondering, is there, was there mad stuff behind the scenes that maybe we didn't know about and that's what they're looking to pull the curtain back on? I can't say that I'd be incredibly interested in it myself. Mm. Um, maybe it's just a bit of fan service. I don't know. But Miles Teller seems like an appropriate replacement in my opinion. Uh, is Francis Ford Coppola uh, involved with the making of this or does he feature as a character in this? Um, I think he does feature as a character. I don't think they've cast him yet but he himself is not involved in the series, no. Right, okay. Oh, that'd mm. be more interesting then. <laughs> Lawsuit. Uh, <laughs> right, uh, we do have to take a break. Uh, one more movie, one more wine to talk about after this. <laughs> 53106 is our text number that will cost you uh, 30 cents. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on uh, Newstalk. Uh, Jean and Fanula and Esther are still with us uh, uh, to talk about some things. Uh, well, mostly uh, movies and booze. Uh, tell us, Fanula, there's going to be, uh, for the first time, a trans actor on Nickelodeon. Yes, this is very exciting. The first openly trans actor, uh, Sasha A. Cohen. How do you hide it? Well, I think it's significant for this particular programme. So the show is called Danger Force. Again, I'm not familiar with it because I'm too old and do not have children. It's a live action like superhero thing from what I could glean. Um, but basically there's a person on the show already uh, named Michael D. Cohen. And they revealed this year that they'd actually transitioned decades earlier um, oh, to right. male. So this is why it's significant. Uh, this person's been involved in the Transacting Youth Challenge um, to try and help uh, trans and non-binary actors kind of break into the business. And this is kind of the first step in kind of that work and getting someone on the show and like a children's show especially um, so it's very 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 significant um, Sasha Cohen uh, his sister is actually already on the show so he'll be starring alongside his twin which is must be very exciting for them as well and is the character he's playing a trans character yeah yeah, uh, but he, is he also trans? Yes. Right, okay. I now, say, I yeah. think it's a one-off. I don't think it's like a recurring character thing. So it is mm. kind of like, mm, like you probably do could it. do a bit more. Yeah, I don't know if it's just kind of lip service or whatever. But No, they're doing it and then they'll wait to see if somebody try to blow up Nickelodeon headquarters. <laughs> that's that, that's what they're waiting to see. Because you'd imagine yeah. like those whole swathes in the United States would go insane at the prospect of this. Yeah, and I think especially with children's programming, I think people just like, it's a contentious issue and it shouldn't be at all like I think if you can see someone like that on screen I think it's so beneficial for someone who is struggling with their identity but, that, no, but there's a whole swathe of American society we think that the direct opposite of that I suppose that's the point exactly you yeah know. exactly yeah 
so there'll be hurling uh, hurling crosses at that one uh, what was the name of the movie you were discussing it's Land uh, was the movie we were just discussing that's uh, the uh, uh, Robin Wright's uh, directorial debut sorry I forgot to ask you as to where can you see Land <laughs> from a there's boat this thing called, there's this thing called a cinema right um, and they're opening in Ireland on Monday and you can see it in it, it's like there is aisles and stuff and loads of seats and people who all sit well I was going to say together but I'd yeah. say social distancing yes. for now um, and yeah the cinemas are back on f- from Monday I will say some cinemas are, are opening I mean the lighthouse isn't opening until the 25th of June um, but yeah, f- um, some of the chains are opening from Monday and, and they'll have a lot of lots of movies, actually. Um, you know, you'll have A Quiet Place 2 as well from Monday. Um, Peter Rabbit 2 is coming for the kids. And uh, I'm going to be trying to keep up with the amount of films that's going, that are coming out the next yeah. few weeks, to be honest. And then what you have as well is a lot of studios doing good on their promise uh, to release digitally, but open in cinemas as soon as they open. So you're getting Cruella is on Disney Plus in your house, but in cinemas, if you want to see it on the big screen. Likewise, Nomadland uh, and Raya and the Last Dragon, a very nice uh, animated release from uh, from a few weeks ago as well. So you have that a kind of a mixture of brand new films and recent releases. Do you remember that James Bond film they made about 14 years ago? Uh, is any sign of that coming out yet? I'm just like, I'm just watching, it's it's due in October, but if they move it, I'm just going, okay, that's the variant on the way. Because yeah. <laughs> James, like James Bond, has, I, I think he's, he, he has intelligence on this. He has known about this virus since the start. Yeah. It was the first film in March of last year, or as we call it now, 8,700 years ago, to, to move. And actually, it's moved at least twice since and it has always been followed by a wave. So watch out for James Bond. That He's the epidemiologist. Okay, so we really him. need this film to come out and not be moved yeah. back because In if October. there is, it's... Oh, God. Yeah. I, they might as well do it now when they have a chance, but maybe I suppose they, they, they want a bit of a run at it. I think as well, it's a crowded marketplace at the moment and you have to think as well, you know, people are running on, I think it's still 25% capacity here f- mm. from next week. So you are... You know, you're not you're you're not getting a lot of bang for your buck there. And James Bond would already like there was a hell of a lot of marketing already happening, a lot of spend happening before that film was was changed. You know, there were already I think there was already a beer ad or something on TV, if I remember. Um, so, yeah, no, they will want um, all of this have to have passed. I'm touching wood and um, and cinemas to be back up and running to normal capacity, I think, to for a big event film like that. Uh, does that mean, do you think, though, that we won't then see many big tentpole movies over the next wee while until they can go to 100% capacity of the cinemas? I mean, all has changed utterly. Like, Warner are, are, are dual releasing in the United States right now. Um, they're releasing all of the big titles in cinemas and they're releasing them day and date, which is used in the industry as the same day. Um, on, on HBO Max, which is their streamer arm. So like Disney Plus are, are, are going to be dual really Disney are going to be releasing here on Disney Plus and uh, in cinemas for their next few titles, at least, I think. And, um, you know, it's just really all changed. You will see tent poles because people can't afford to hold on forever. But I think people are just trying to pivot to different formats as well. I think cinema audiences will always go to the cinema. I think people are dying to to get out again on, on Monday. But I think what this has revealed is that, you know, there are different 
it's like the old model in the old days, Sean. You'd, you'd watch the film in the cinema and then you'd get the DVD for Christmas for the kids, you know. Mm. I think, and you know, I think the people will turn to that again more and see how they can get various revenue streams, to use the terribly commercial words, um, to, to, to kind of get as much cash back for, for big blockbuster films as they can. And a lot of them, have, have you see, it's at the, at the filming end as well. There was nothing shot in the world from, I think, March till early summer of last year. So that's going to be a disruptor as well in terms of release schedules for big films. And, you know, there you have um, Mission Impossible just yesterday shut down again. Um, so it's the second time, I think, because there were COVID cases found on set. Crikey. And where are they filming that? Um, they've been filming in loads of places. I think they were in London, uh, but I'm, I'm not sure where they were. They've been filming in loads of locations across uh, Europe. They're not using it as an excuse just to take a break from listening to Tom Cruise screaming at them. <laughs> no, like it's a disaster. It's why, like, I think film sets are one of the safest places you could be at the moment. Like there's so much testing be- being done because if you have to shut down a production, like you've, you've you know, done deals with city councils to film on their streets. You've hired hundreds of extras for crowd scenes. You're, you're, you know, you, you, you see the credits on a big film. They can run for 10, 15 minutes. Like there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. And you're trying to reschedule that. Tom Cruise is off doing his next film next month somewhere. Uh, and has signed the contract for that. You know, it's a real disaster if you have to shut down a big production. Oh, yeah, that would be a nervous one. Right, let's uh, move on to our okay. second wine of the day, Jane. Okay, well, now we're going to the Languedoc to the south of France and um, lovely family. And, I mean, people have heard the story before. Nessa from Fox Rock went to study for France. In France, when she was 18, met Laura Miguel, who's a big rock star winemaker. He was only a teenager as well and they got married and 20 years later, they have two kids and she's very involved in the business. Lovely girl and I, I I, I talk to her quite often and, uh, you know, Sue, Sue, you know, she's she's involved in all the selling side of things. But they live in Ca- Chateau Casavielle in Saint-Chinian, but they have a summer property, Chateau Ozine, um, which is um, where Laurent grows his Albarino grapes and also the grapes for uh, this particular rosé. And it used to be, it was a medieval monastery which dates back to, I think, the 10th or 11th century. And it's it's an absolutely beautiful place. And actually what I remember about being there is that the actual whole vineyard area is a crater where a meteorite must have landed billions of years ago. Mm. And you can actually see the shape, the whole valley kind of is in the shape of a crater, right? Now, I remember that day as well. Uh, Nessa was pregnant. The lads, you know, and there was if Tomas was on that trip and Leslie, they all got up on the back of a, a tractor and tried to go off and look at vines. And I just decided definitely I, I it was too hot and life was, um, you know, that there was much more interesting to sit there they're talking to Nessa and having a glass of wine, right? So I that's what I opted to do that afternoon. And that's why I remember sitting there looking at this big crater and thinking, wow, that's and she explained what it was. So anyway, the grapes are grown in the south of France in this wonderful area called Chateau Ozine. And um, this particular rosé is made from three very classic grapes from this area, Syrah, Grenache and Sanso. Um, this is also vegan and bee friendly. <laughs> so, okay. um, you know, again, it's, it, it ticks. What does bee friendly mean? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but right. anyway, Bees can just, drink it too. Bees yeah. can drink it too. Exactly. You know, again, they've gone down the super pale pink colour. This is the salmon pink. Very, very pale. That trend was again started by Chateau Lachine and uh, Sasha Lachine 
when he created Whispering Angel and now everybody copies it. Even in Spain now where they used to have really dark coloured rosés they're all making these almost pale pink you know very very salmon pink barely a hint of colour that because that's what people want. Um, so again it's um, it's a dry style. Um, you, tons of strawberry fruit on the nose. You know, there, there mm. is a theme. This is this is very much the thing about rosé, and particularly these summery rosés. You know, no matter where they come from, the style is that you get this summer fruit that there's either a lot of acidity, that it's light and easy to drink, that the tons of summer fruit and that chilled on a hot summer day, it just is going to go down so well, you know. Now, this one is available in uh, O'Brien's and O'Brien's have a bit of a rosé thing going on at the moment. Now, normally this is the 2020 Les Ozines, Alania, which is actually the name of Laurent and Nessa's daughter. Um, it's normally priced 16.95, but um, O'Brien's have a special offer discount across a selected range of their rosés. So um, this discount is going to go on, I think, until at least August. So this wine is actually now priced at 12 71. So, um, it, and that will be the case for the rest of the summer. And, and also as well, Ita- um, they have an Italian wine sale going on, which finishes on Monday. So anybody's interested in, in looking at Italian wines, uh, O'Brien's have one there at the moment as well. But the Alanio is... Uh, just under thir- is thirteen euro basically. Um, it's I think I think it's lovely. Uh, you know I, I like. Mm. You know what I think pork with a creamy sauce and maybe a bit of green salad and um, some potato salad yes, or something. Yeah, just would be lovely. Now with this. Uh, surprise me with the ABV on this one now. Oh, the ABV on this one is twelve point five. Wow, because yeah. that tastes like there's nothing in there at all. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. great. So, um, see, so you could have had so you could have had some of that finura. I, I finished my first one too quickly. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Lightweight, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, so so those are our rosés. So uh, perfect for the bank holiday okay, weekend. Lovely enjoy. stuff. And we will put up the, the details of the two wines uh, on our website. Uh, John in Dublin says Oscar Isaac has been cast as Francis Ford Coppola. There you go. That's great casting, actually. That is I good casting, Oscar yeah. Isaac. I can, yeah, you can see that. Uh, Paddy says, I'm going to reward myself for surviving the pandemic with a trip to the Stella or the Lighthouse as soon as I possibly can, I don't care what's on. I'll watch some overly artsy Fellini or an Adam Sandler buddy comedy. <laughs> I don't care. So that would be a great double bell, though, wouldn't it? That'd be fantastic. Jay says a fantastic woman is a Chilean film and has a trans female in the leading role. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she also directed it. And Ben says, because we were talking about uh, Kate Winslet and Mary Town, Fair Juice Tour, the body double thing is so ridiculous. I just happened to be watching Bram Stoker's Dracula last night and Gary Oldman was absolutely ripped in the sex scene. I'm not buying that Gary Oldman was ever ripped. Well, you know what, Ben, because you raised that question during the outbreak, I was like, Googled, was Gary Oldman ever ripped? And couldn't find any reference to him ever being ripped. Looked in the images section, nothing. He ripped into a few things in his time, but uh, it may be the case. Do you know whether Fanula was he ever ripped? I can't confirm. No, I'd say it might have been some like fake tan magic or something. You know, like they'll they'll paint on the abs or something, perhaps. But no, not in recent memory for okay. me. Can you do that? You can, yeah. God, I'm the get some of that when I go home. <laughs> uh, we won't have to give up the drink at all. Great news. Uh, right, we'll move on to our uh, second move, uh, movie of the day. Uh, it's called. I forget what it's called now because I just had two drinks. Anyway, here's Dream a clip. Horse. Don't tell the missus. Welsh wind. Kirby's the expert on Welsh wind. <laughs> what about Colin? After Colin Jackson, I used to love seeing him fly oh, over those hurdles. <laughs> what about Dream Alliance? Is our dream 
and we're all in it together, like an alliance or dream alliance. Very good. Let's have a vote. Kevin Rocket, three votes. Kirby, one vote. Worth a shot. <laughs> dream alliance, 12 votes. So I am completely chuffed to the bollocks to announce the winner is Dream Alliance! Dream Alliance! Dream Alliance! Dream Alliance! Go on, Dream Alliance! There you go. Uh, dream Horse there. I got you'd, you'd watch that just for the accent and the phrase chuffed to the bollocks, uh, which is my new go-to. Uh, anyway, Esther, uh, uh, tell us a bit more about it. I know, I love the Welsh accent. It just yeah. makes me smile. Maybe second only to the New Zealand accent in terms of making me smile. And I love Welsh Tony Collette. Um, she is... She's kind of um, feisty in her own quiet way, this woman. And I love, um, she's a middle-aged woman who's, you know, before our golden age of telly would be not seen very well on the, on the big screen. Um, but is featuring and driving a lot more storytelling now, which is good by me. Um, her two kids have flown the nest. Um, she has a whole conversation with her husband who's watching something on telly where she says, she says something innocuous and she realises he's not listening to her. And then she says, I'm leaving you, I'm divorcing you. And he still doesn't hear her. Um, so that's that's the kind of relationship. They're in a bit of a rut, let's say. Um, and she is working two jobs because that's what you do if you're working class in a Welsh, small Welsh town, in the pub and in the local supermarket. But she kind of wants more for herself, this woman. Um, and she comes across this guy by the name of Howard Davies in the pub. He's a small scale um, trainer, but he, he kind of walks the walk and talks the talk. Um, and she, she, he starts kind of sharing his knowledge about horses and she takes a notion that and this is a true story, by the way, she takes a notion that she is going to breed a, ra- a racehorse um, and enter him in a, a series of races, but hopefully one day in the Welsh Grand Na- National. Um, she's bred pigeons in the past, so she feels it can't be too different from that. Um, but there's a lot more to um, breeding racehorses than that. So it's it's really lovely this, and it's um she's no stud or training fees, um no money, no experience, but she persuades this guy to kind of teach her a few of the basics, and then persuades the locals in her village in Wales to come in on a syndicate with her. And they are just they're just such a funny collective group of people, Sean. They're the kind of people who get drunk on a minibus on the way to a race meeting um, and have uh, a sing song and then go into very, very posh owner's enclosure, half cut with um, drink hidden in their bags. So they're just a really colourful. Right. Um, just a really colourful. My group kind of people. people. So, I like the sound of them. Yeah. Yeah. They're gently uh, and it's it's not too arch now. It's not, the, you know, the snobbies mm. versus it's the, but they're gently poking fun at the um, kind of snobberies that exist. Like she does. She brings them. God loves the mayor. She the mayor she brings to get to get to, to meet the stud at the start of the film. Like she's no racehorse, let's just say. And the, the and the, you know there's all that snobbery. She has a job trying to persuade um, a breeder to uh, not a breeder but a trainer to take the horse on, and cutest horse in the history of the world as well. This one has everything for me. It has horse cuteness, Welsh people, Tony Collette, and it's a feel good film. You're never in any. Uh, doubt where it's going uh, but I really did enjoy this I have to say it's kind of so chariots of fire with horses as we already said but but a bit of black beauty in there as well because she falls in love with this horse maybe 
a lot more than is um, wise to in in a racing capacity. You know, it is an industry at the end of the day and she has some decisions to make, let's say. And this is uh, going to be available in one of those newfangled cinemas then, is it? This shiny new cinema thing that's opening on from Monday. Check your local cinemas, though, because some of them aren't opening on, on Monday the 7th, but uh, a lot of the chains are from then. Right. OK, so you can uh, people can uh, look out for that. And uh, Esther was saying the amount of films that will be released in uh, over the next wee while. Uh, Brian on Twitter says a friend of mine in the States went to the cinema earlier in the week and was telling me that there were 25 minutes of trailers. That'll give you some indication oh of how many movies are coming. God. We leave it on that kind of slightly terrifying, but also hopeful note. Uh, thanks to Fanula, Esther and Jean. Lovely to have you uh, and uh, actually to see you at all, Fanula, because uh, we wouldn't have been passing each other in the street. We'd have a clue who each other was. That's our lot for today and this week. Kieran's up next. Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie.